Do you know what time it is? It's time for the Workforce Show, where you will learn the latest news about employment trends, current opportunities, and innovative strategies for managing a career on WERA 96.7 FM. Welcome to Your Future in Tech, a program of The Workforce Show. I am your host, Charles Britt. During today's show, we will spot we will put a spotlight on another one of 2019's top emerging technologies, cloud computing. I'm very excited to have with me today as my guest, Danny Houston, cloud architect with AmpSite, based right here in Arlington, Virginia. Danny, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me, Charles. So, interestingly enough, Danny is actually joining us by phone from Boston, where I'm told you're attending the Red Hat Summit. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, it started up on Monday, and I'll be here until the uh, the whole show wraps up Thursday night. Wow. How exciting to have you join us from what they're saying is the premier open source technology event that showcases the latest and greatest in cloud computing, platform virtualization, middleware, and storage technology. So I'm sure you're there learning a lot and meeting a lot of great people. Yeah, you know, they save a lot of their big annual or big technology announcements for okay. events like this. So, you know, like the next big version of their operating system, mm-hmm. Red Hat Enterprise Linux version 8 was was announced okay. and, uh, okay. and demoed here, uh, as well as uh, some other real big technologies that we're all looking forward to trying out. That's awesome. That is awesome. So again, thank you for taking time out of your out of your schedule, even while you're out of town, to be a guest on the show. Yeah, no problem. Happy to do it. So before we jump into the topic of cloud computing, let's get to know you a little bit more. So tell my listeners a little bit about your professional background and your role with AmpSite. Sure. Yeah. So I've uh, been working in IT almost 10 years. Um, I started back in 2010 uh, doing some IT like desktop support, uh, help desk type stuff. Uh, I worked with a healthcare consulting company on their internal IT team, and that's kind of where I learned the ropes. You know, I uh, uh, was supporting, like, people's, you know, desktop computers and laptops and, like, Windows and yeah. some basic administration stuff, showing people how to use Microsoft Excel is okay. my favorite thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's usually the start for a lot of IT folks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And really, you know, it kind of came from uh, just kind of growing up in, in a more you know, computer friendly world, just I, I had been doing some of these things myself, like, not necessarily learning them in, in a program mm-hmm. of study, but just, you know, having to take advantage of those to, to you know, study more effectively and, and share information with my friends and classmates and stuff wow. like that. So, so you so, actually yeah, didn't I mean, go, you didn't go to college for this? No, in a way, I mean, I, I, I did a program of study called applied physics, where I got to do okay. a lot of math and physics, but there was a lot of computer science mixed in as well. So I did actually take uh, a number of computer science credits. Almost half of my uh, of my major credits were in computer science. Oh, that's interesting to hear. So tell us about your role with AmpSite. Now that you've gone away from the help desk and you've moved on to something else, what are you doing at AmpSite? Yeah, that's right. Uh, pretty much uh, ever since my days at the IT help desk, I kind of just kept uh, trying to learn how to solve bigger and bigger problems uh, until, uh, you know, I became like, uh, first, first I got into, uh, I worked at a network operations center mm-hmm. where we monitored IT ap- uh, applications. And, and if there was a problem, I usually 
I had some basic things I could do to help solve it, but I usually had to refer to uh, a systems administrator. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to learn how to fix the problems myself. So uh, okay. I, I got a job as a, a, a Linux system administrator working uh, as a government contractor for NOAA National Weather Service. That's kind of where I learned. I learned the back end of things. I learned uh, uh, the Linux system, and I learned how to start writing code to do what's called infrastructure as code, uh, and writing uh, essentially configurations for how I want my IT infrastructure to behave. And um, and that's kind of where I, I got into writing code. And then I moved into, I guess, what's now called DevOps where you mm-hmm. kind of do your IT operations and development hand-in-hand uh, hand yes. to, to deliver services more effectively. And that's kind of how I got into uh, being a cloud uh, admin, cloud architect with, uh, with AmpSite. So what we do basically is uh, we help uh, private organizations and government organizations migrate their applications to utilize you know, the cloud and, and utilize it more effectively by, uh, with things like managed services mm-hmm. and, uh, we can get into those a, a little bit more, but, um, uh, we can get into those a little bit more later, but yeah. basically, yeah. yeah uh, uh, you know, how, how do government organizations and private organizations use the cloud and use it, uh, to its fullest, uh, uh capabilities. Okay. Uh, no, that's, that's exciting. And I like to hear, we've talked about this a lot on the show, on uh, people going into tech that may have a different background. They were doing something else or maybe studied something else, and oftentimes how your career evolves over time. And it's interesting to see how you went from doing help desk and into something else. Somebody else may start help desk and go into a different direction, but all the technology goes hand in hand. And this this particular episode is about an emerging technology called the cloud or cloud computing. So in simple terms for my listeners, because a lot of times when people hear the term of the cloud, the first place they look is up and it's like, OK, so my data is in the cloud. But what is the cloud? Where's the cloud? How do I get to the cloud? Tell us a little bit about all this thing called. The yeah, cloud. absolutely. Yeah. So when people refer to the cloud in IT, when they refer to cloud computing, I mean, essentially, you're just referring to IT infrastructure or IT hardware that doesn't that belongs to somebody else and you're like renting space. Mm, okay. You know, so it's like Yeah, kinda like that. It's like instead of buying a house, I'll just rent an apartment. You know, ah, maybe I don't okay. I don't need all this space. Uh, and that's kind of uh, the analogy I like to use because uh, you know, cloud is is more flexible than than on premises hardware. Like if I buy a computer, first of all I gotta figure out, okay, what size Compute, what, what kind of compute resources am I going to need? Yes. I got to do this analysis. Uh, I have to kind of leave some room to grow. But I mean, some cases you don't know how much you're going to grow. I don't know if like my, maybe this app I'm writing, I don't know if, I, if it's going to like go viral and take off and True. whatever. Okay. And people want to leave room for that type of thing. So when you, when you start using the cloud, you can start really small. You can sm- start for you know, pennies on the dollar renting uh, really small servers or storage okay. um, up in the, the proverbial cloud and and uh, scale your resources with your customer demand. Oh, that's exciting. So and I'm sure and everybody is in the business of cost saving these days. So it sounds yeah, like the cloud. So it, clearly you're, you're explaining to me that the cloud isn't free. There's a cost for this service, right? 
Yeah, ninety percent of the time, most of the time, you're going to be spending money when you know, just like when you're renting space uh, okay. in the in the world. When you're renting compute resources, you you do have to pay for them. So, uh, you know, these these companies that provide cloud services, they're they're for profit companies. You know, ah. it, it's some sometimes you can get you know uh, free credit, but some of them they have a free tier mm. where. You know, if for things like, um, you know, workloads, what I, I thought I don't really care when they run, like, or or if I have, like, really small stuff or I'm renting really small servers, there's there's free tier. You can actually look into it. Like, for instance, the, uh, I would say right now the cloud leader uh, or the lead, the lead, the world leader in cloud computing is, is Amazon with uh, a couple of wow. other companies starting to catch up. And they actually have a really? free tier. You can, yeah, you can Google Amazon free tier and see what they're billing schedule is like and you can get uh, some some smaller resources and use them for free for a certain amount of time interesting so they've not taken on they've not only taken on online shopping they're now doing also cloud services as well (laughs) oh yeah a lot of people might not know about that so amazon um you know when you talk about amazon the first thing you think of is amazon.com you know i can get stuff over to my house but really and i think really the bigger side of their business is is cloud computing Mm. and and they, you know, they do, uh, in some cases, I think for a long time they were taking a loss on Amazon.com, but uh, building up their resources on the back end to become sure. eventually, you know, the, the, the leader in cloud. And they were really making investments in that before a lot of these bigger companies. So their cloud offering is a lot more mature than some of the other ones. And we'll sure. talk a little bit more about that later. But yeah. I mean, when you say where is the cloud, I mean, just Amazon alone has something like 25 main data centers worldwide mm. I mean, everywhere from the east coast west coast you know china africa europe like wherever the customers are they want to try to bring um, that infrastructure as close as possible to them okay yeah that's right interesting so, interesting yeah, and I mean, and there's a number of other cloud providers too and they all have their own data centers so it's like you know where isn't the cloud? It's really it's it's kind of it's kind of everywhere. There's, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, just yeah. like the real yeah. clouds, like literally. <laughs> yeah, and you know the cl- the term cloud actually comes from uh, even way back into I mean before all all this cloud mm-hmm. computing stuff existed. When you were drawing like network topology mm-hmm. diagrams, when you refer to the internet, you would typically draw a cloud. You know, because ah. it's kind of like. You know, out into the world or yeah, the yeah. sky, whatever it is, <laughs> somewhere in the sky. Yes, right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so that's kind of where that term cloud computing comes from. Is so, when we talk about cloud computing or cloud technology. What are some of the ways in which this technology is being used by government, industry, and just everyday uh, consumers of IT services? Yeah, and we actually touched on this a little bit. Uh, so, so for instance, if you're starting out your own, you know, technology company, or maybe you're writing an app or something like mm-hmm. that, uh, it, a lot of times, you know, people want to start it with cloud computing. You know, start with your IT infrastructure hosted in the cloud, especially on a really small scale, because mm-hmm. you're only paying for what you're using. Uh, you know, for a well-architected uh, cloud environment, your your uh, costs and your infrastructure and your resources are going to scale with your usage. So you can, oftentimes you can architect things. So, you know, as my customers want more, I I can scale up and, and get them what they provide and I'm making more money and I'm happy. So that's kind of how a lot of, uh, uh, of the, you know, of, of IT industry and, and a lot of private uh, companies like this uh, to do things. And then the government, 
you know, they're a little bit slower to things like this because, um, well, you know, they're the government, so things tend to move a little bit slower and they tend to have more restrictions. So, so, uh, you know, I, a lot of the government customers I'm working with are, are starting to delve into this to try to take advantage of some of those cost savings. Okay. So, um, a lot of government customers are, are new to it, but there are some really advanced government customers too, who are already in the cloud, but they're trying to use it more effectively. Mm-hmm. And then on the consumer side, you know, just the typical users like you and me, if you use something like Google Drive or Google yes. Docs uh-huh. or like Office 365 where you have like your Outlook or your Microsoft Word is in your web browser, mm. that's kind of a, a, a way of taking advantage of cloud computing and stuff like that as well. Like all your, you know, when, when you save something to Google Drive, that's not saved on my computer. It's it's up on some Google server wherever they want to put it. Yes. Uh, but then I can access it from anywhere. You know, anywhere I can get an internet connection. So, so that's another way that that you know the average consumer you and me tend to use cloud as well. Exactly, and it's become very popular. A lot of services are sort of quote unquote, like you said, moving to the cloud. And yeah. I sync up a lot of things, like you said, with Dropbox and others, where it's not taking up resources on my own personal computer. But yeah. those resources are available in the cloud, and no matter what device I pick up or where I go, I can always get to my data. And, you know, that's exciting for some. And for some, it's, 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 it's a drawback because of the privacy issue, which brings me to my next question. Or what are some of the, could you name like one or more of the challenges that you've seen associated with cloud computing? It sounds great, but what are some of the drawbacks? Yeah, so so some of the drawbacks. You know, to really take advantage, best advantage of cloud resources that are available, your application has to be well architected. You know, a lot of times people mm. suffer from paying for more resources than they need to. And and that's usually the way people call it like lift and shift. Like we're gonna take exactly what we have, we're just gonna put it in the cloud and then we'll be in the cloud and we'll be good. But well, okay, okay but you might be over provisioned and and you have to sometimes re-architect things uh, in your like your your applications to better you know to uh, use the cloud yeah to yes. optimize for the okay. cloud. That's interesting. I wasn't aware of that, and I'm sure that that's that takes a lot of extra effort and time, which is well spent if you're going to make sure that people are able to access it and use those resources from the cloud. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And that's a big part of my job is like okay, you know, it, I when. When I work directly with customers to, to try to figure out how they can best utilize the cloud, and maybe it's a it's a hybrid solution. You know, mm-hmm. a, a lot of things are okay. Well, we have to save our data uh, offline so it's protected and it can meet all of our security standards. But we also run these like big batch jobs, and we don't have enough resources for that, so we want to use cloud mm-hmm. for that. So, so sometimes it's a it's a uh, either a maybe you can use multiple cloud providers. You yes. know, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But there's a lot more competition in the cloud computing space, or or it's like a combination of on premises resources and cloud resources. Yes, no, this that's cool. And again, technology is constantly changing. We've talked about this on several episodes that what is hot today changes in about six months to a year, and it's constantly coming up with new technologies, new ways to optimize technology that's already out there. And as you mentioned, it's between the consumers and industry and government, everybody moves and adopts these technologies at different paces. 
based on their needs and their resources. So there's, in the last couple episodes where we've talked about emerging technologies, I brought up this concept of what is a disruptive technology, which is one that displaces an established technology or shakes up the industry and completes a, and can totally invents a new industry. I would consider, or would you consider cloud computing being a disruptive technology? Why or why not? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think if you look at like revenue changes and market shares over the last 10 years of like companies that traditionally make IT hardware, like uh-huh. Dell and HP, yeah. and, then you, and then you look at like the stock value of like big cloud provider companies like Amazon, mm. you'll see, uh, you know, pretty much a, uh, an opposite shift. Like there's wow. negative revenue growth. Of, like since 2014, I think HP has had negative revenue growth. They're one of the biggest hardware makers That's in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then Amazon, like I think their stock was at 100 or 120 dollars a share in 2010. Now it's it, at its peak was like over 2,000 dollars in 2018. Mm. So, uh, so I, I mean, it's like it's like the disruptions already happened. You know, people more people are continuing to move towards the cloud and yes. not away from it. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So speaking of that, what just final question on under this particular heading of the cloud is what do you see as the, the future of cloud computing? Where where could this eventually go or where, at these conferences where you're at? Where are they trying to take it to the next level? Yeah. So so it seems like there's going to be a lot more competition in cloud computing. I okay. mentioned Amazon a couple of times mm-hmm. as the, sort of the world leader in, yes. in cloud. And that's and one of the biggest reasons for that is because they, they were one of the earliest providers and they really made huge investments in cloud computing, uh, you know, earlier than most people. But you're starting to see other companies like Microsoft and Google catch up. So Microsoft mm-hmm. has a cloud offering too called Microsoft Azure. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems like, I mean, at, at least here at, uh, at Red Hat Conference, I mean, they're, they're partnering up, you know, they're increasing their offerings. They're, uh, you know, Google and Microsoft are, are doubling down on cloud and <laughs> things like, uh, like Kubernetes is, uh, is one of the newer technologies that, uh, help you use the cloud more effectively doing things like automatically scaling your applications and, and uh, uh, you know, including a bunch of services sort of around your application so they can run more effectively. Okay. okay. Yeah. And, and those are, I mean, this is uh, kind of the way that the IT industry is shifting is, yeah, okay, we want to use cloud, but we want to make sure that we use them effectively. We want to mm-hmm. build our applications in the cloud, what's called cloud native development yes and uh and and uh, i i just see an increase in competition and not uh, like i don't think amazon's going to continue to run away i think <laughs> yeah i think it's the other two are catching up and we're going to see some some interesting uh things there exciting times exciting yeah. times yeah, yeah. So i'd like to take this moment to pause so that we can give acknowledgement to our sponsors we're going to take a sponsorship break for just a moment and we'll be back to the show you're listening to your future in tech Brought to you by The Workforce Show on WERA 96.7 FM. You can find more episodes on SoundCloud, MixCloud, and iTunes. So now that we've covered cloud computing, we've talked about what the cloud is, who's using it, the big players, a big part of the show, Your Future in Tech, is about really connecting people to career opportunities in tech. So we're going to shift the focus a little bit and talk about how do I get into cloud computing? You've talked a little bit about your background and your path and how you get into it. And I'd like to sort of enlighten my listeners a little bit about what options are there for them if they were interested. So in any field, it's important to know what the types of jobs are, which skills are in demand. 
in cloud computing and particularly maybe just even at your company, what are some of the key jobs and skills associated with rolling out or bringing someone into the cloud? Yeah, so so taking advantage of cloud computing uh, and, and learning how to become a professional in the industry, I mean, I would say there's pretty much a baseline, no matter what, first of all, you know, talking about cloud and it's kind of like talking about IT, like there's lots of different things. Okay. Uh, there are a lot of different roles, like, you know, I'm a I'm a cloud admin, but I, I work with like developers who are building applications to okay. run in the cloud. I, I work with uh, uh, you know database administrators and network administrators, mm-hmm. and and we all kind of have our role in this space. Um, so, but but I would say that there's sort of a baseline of skills that everybody could benefit from, no matter what direction you want to take your career. And I think uh, number one on that list is learning computer science concepts. You know, okay. I think no matter what your role is, like you need to know the difference between, you know, RAM and ROM, you know, <laughs> and, and disk and yes. processing, and you need to yeah. understand all these concepts. The concept of of networking and, and of you know uh, u- utilizing com- computational resources. So, so I mean, some of those like sort of computer science one hundred and one type courses you can yes. find that stuff anywhere. Or if you're, maybe you're a current student in in college, like, you know, enroll in computer science 101, just, just kind of uh, to better understand uh, Mm -hmm. what people are talking about. And then I think number two is no matter what role you are in IT, in cloud, you can benefit from learning how to code. And I think coding is going to be one of the brand new baseline skills that most, that our students need to learn. Because even, yeah, even me, I'm like, I'm a, I'm, I've started as an IT administrator. That's where I learned to code because I was writing infrastructure configurations so that I could, you know, be a better admin essentially and, and, and broaden my reach so that if I write a configuration for a web server, that's going to work whether if I have one web server or I have a thousand web servers, it's going to work the same. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and, and coupled with learning to code, you need to learn to do that collaboratively. So there's a tool called Git. It's a G-I-T. It's a source control management tool. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of like uh, being able to write code with other people, to have your code work together, and to be able to iterate, you know, and, and track the changes that are being made and, and uh, manage them all together. Wow, and get that's a far cool cry from me putting my code on a floppy disk when I was in college and passing it around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or even before that, I mean, I work with people now that when they coded things, they were putting hole punches into cards. Oh, my goodness. That's really going back far. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, So speaking of people who have this experience, for those folks who may want to go and get some of those skills that you're talking about or learn some of this technology, what are some resources or places that you would recommend that they could go to um, in the area or, you know, in their local area or online to be able to get access to people in this field or those that knowledge? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So so one of the major benefits we have today that comes with the Internet is there's so much information out there and there's so much out there for free if you really, you know, are self-motivated to learn about this type of thing. You can find videos on YouTube. You can find, you know, reputable wow. things too. Like if you want to learn to – yeah. If you, if you – like reputable things as well like – um codeacademy.org is where I learned some basic Python and uh, some of the, you know, like command line and other concepts like that. Um, 
uh, I mentioned that you know if you're if you're in school already, or if you you know you can even take a community college course for yes. that are relatively inexpensive to to learn some basic IT concepts, and then uh, and then um, there's a lot of like for instance like MIT Open Courseware mm-hmm. like. MIT, one of the, the most reputable organizations, one of the most reputable universities in the country, puts a bunch of their classes like online for free. You can just go and watch videos of, of their professors giving, um, you know, giving. Uh, yeah, nothing uh, beats a free course. Let me tell you, yeah, yeah. A free college. Right. You basically MIT. audit MIT if you yeah. wanted to do that. So it's uh, it's it's really there's an impressive amount of stuff that's out there for free. But then, you know, also, you know, finding groups on social media, I- events and meetups. And and if you really want to to learn, you need to kind of immerse yourself as much as possible. And 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 honestly, like there are a lot of pathways out there, whether it's uh, I think the big one of the biggest things is certifications. Like yes. going back to, to Amazon, mm-hmm. um, they have a, a, a bunch of different tiers of certifications where you can learn uh, what their offerings are and how to effectively use those. And that's kind of when I started um, out uh, be, becoming a, a cloud administrator, a, a cloud architect. I, I, I was basically required to get those certifications, and that's really just. You know, learning the concepts as they pertain specifically to Amazon uh, and and all the other cloud providers have uh, that type of thing as well. Wow. Well, I can say one thing from my shows that we've recorded, whether it be on the emerging technologies or just breaking into the field. This interview with you, and I appreciate it, has really reinforced a lot of what my other guests have said and made it clear that technology uh, careers are available and the pathways are very clear and oftentimes not as difficult as people think. So thank you again, Danny, for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me today and give my listeners a little bit of insight into the world of cloud computing. So I hope you enjoy the rest of the conference. And uh, once you do get back in town, let's catch up. I'd love to hear more about what you've got going on at uh, Amsite. Yeah, absolutely, Charles. Happy to do it. And uh, anytime you want me back, just give me a call. Awesome. Thank you so much. As I've said before on numerous occasions, with access to sufficient resources and knowledge, you too can have a future in tech. I'm your host, Charles Britt, and this has been another informative episode of Your Future in Tech. Thank you for tuning in to The Workforce Show. This interview and others can be found at WERA.FM or at careercentralonline.com. Thank you for listening. Until the next time.